What's going on, guys? Demonic uh, here. This is What the FUD. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we got our big man, Frishy, on the other side of the mic. What's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. Episode three, What the FUD. We're here again, doing it live. Really, really uh, excited to be back. You know, had a long day. Just got finished with an AMA in our server. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, we've got a couple of interesting topics on the plate for today. We won't keep everyone too long. We, we want to kind of just make this a quick, uh, recap of the week and talk about some other things. Um, and you know, before we start demonic, you know, just want to say nothing that we say is financial advice. We're two D gens that just like to invest and throw money around. So don't take any, any, uh, anything that we say to heart, um, and, you know, always do your own research. So yeah, so Fishy, let's just get right into it, man. What what got you into crypto? Oh, it's it's a it's a great question. Um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it I got into it when I was uh my first year in college. So I, I it was about 2011, 2012, um, and at university I was a big football fan, American football, and I couldn't afford NFL um, red zone. So I wanted to find a way to get onto red zone and the website that I was using, um, you had to pay in Bitcoin. So no idea what Bitcoin was. I downloaded, I downloaded like a a wallet, bought Bitcoin, paid to use this. Um, And yeah, that was the first time I ever invested in crypto and then kind of just like understood and, and, you know, First off, I forgot about it for a couple of years. Um, and then like in 2015, I uh, graduated college. I had money um, for my first job. And, you know, I was I studied finance, as I said, in the past and investments. So I was pretty heavy into the stock market. And I just was always looking for ways to diversify myself. Um, and I started really investing in Bitcoin and Ethereum um, and, you know, kind of, I've always told my friends that one thing that I like to do was, you know, every single paycheck that I got, put, you know, $50, $100 and just throw it into stocks or throw it into crypto. And I've kind of done that over the past couple of years now, about, you know, eight years. um, And it's grown to a nice chunk of change, luckily. But, you know, I got into crypto just, you know, by accident, really, really by accident and by mistake. What about you? I wish I got into it by mistake or by accident because <laughs> when I was, when I even first heard about cryptocurrency was like, man, I was something like 17 or 18. And I remember sitting at a poker table, like a fr- my cousin's, my older cousin's <laughs> poker. <laughs> exactly. Bro, that's what I was doing. You guys were doing like cryptocurrency and stuff. I was just trying to get like 50 bucks, a thousand bucks, like in poker tourneys. You were trying um, to be a and hit that straight on the river <laughs> literally just like a fish <laughs> um but all of a sudden bro like these so like first things first like in canada um like pretty much like almost like everyone my cousin hung out was just like a stoner everyone's smoking and i took that to advantage i was like the only one that was sober and i was like sick i'm just gonna win this money but the game was a lot slower and i was like what the hell's going on and everyone's just like, bro, I made three grand off Bitcoin. Like it went up to like 
eleven dollars and i was like what are you guys talking about and i was just clueless and they were like yo if you have a hundred bucks buy the bitcoin we recommend it we recommend it and i was like yo i don't even know how to do that like i didn't know anything about like stocks nothing like i don't have that finance yeah. background my parents like <laughs> you know we're like focus on school <laughs> like you know yeah. just like screw stocks like that's gambling even though i was gambling <laughs> yeah um so that was like that's where i wish i fell into that mistake of getting into it it wasn't until like years later where i think fomo just set in i remember like that's when like bitcoin hit it's like peak and i was like oh my god you know, I remember hearing about it. I was like, let's just start buying shit coins. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I yeah. bought some shit coins and then I saw Ethereum was like second place. And I was like, what's Ethereum? Started reading about it and then stumbled upon OpenSea. And I was like, okay, it's all Ethereum. It's on the Ethereum blockchain, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, hey, there's promise here. And then I was like, wait, why don't I just like go straight into like the NFT space? So that I literally put cryptocurrency. I literally like was invested in cryptocurrency for maybe like six months. And then bam, I just transitioned into NFTs. Wow. I was like, I'm putting all my focus on this. Literally like the stuff I'm invested in in cryptocurrency, I'm like holding because like, I just don't really care to look at it. Like, Yeah, I, I keep my, I keep my, my crypto uh, wallets completely separate. So like I have a, a wallet that I use just for my investments in, in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, and, you know, really quickly, I I bought into basically both Bitcoin and Ethereum at the same time. I put equal amounts of money in both of them. Um, but I started scaling Ethereum quicker than I did with Bitcoin because I, my real time job, um, I work with high tech startups in the United States. A lot of them um, deal with deal with blockchain technologies. And I was seeing a lot of their technologies were built off of Ethereum. Um, so I kind of like read into Ethereum more and more. Uh, and in my mind, I think that the technology is far superior than Bitcoin, even though Bitcoin is more of a well-known name. So that's why I personally liked, I personally like to invest in Ethereum. Um, but yeah, I keep my wallets completely separate. I have my, my crypto, uh, in, in one wallet that I just deal with crypto. And then I have my, my Ethereum and, and some other, you know, you know, my weath, my wrapped Ethereum um, in my MetaMask and my OpenSea accounts, but I do not mix the two. I, t I keep them completely separate, even with my stocks. You know, I have stocks in one that I personally manage that I I call it my, you know, my, my F around money. Um, and then I have a, a financial advisor that manages my retirement, my Roth IRA, my 401k, all the real money that I don't want to mess around with. Um, but I think that's in my mind, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, no, I, like I'm maybe not that like into everything the way you are, but hundred percent, I have like my crypto separate from my like NFT stuff. And it's like even funny, I have like Ethereum in both wallets, and 100%. I kind of like, yeah, like my MetaMask is almost like my F around money, but also like, you know, how can I make money from flipping and selling NFTs? You know what I mean? Uh, dude, for, for sure. I mean, like, listen, one of the first things that I learned in, in, in school in my first finance class, um, it was diversify, diversify, diversify. Uh, and that's why in my mind, I think it's the best idea to just keep everything completely separate. Um, you know, 
investing in NFTs and, and messing around and trying to flip NFTs or make money off of it is one thing. Um, but also using this exact same of money, uh, exact same pot of money to invest in crypto with, I don't necessarily believe is the best idea. Um, but you know, to each their own. And I think, I think some people do it differently and you know, all the power to you, but that's just my personal opinion and how I work internally. I wish I got into NFTs quicker than I did. I think it took me way too long. I've, I've heard about them. I followed them for probably around a year before I got into them. Um, and I, I wish I got into them sooner, but none of my friends were investing in them. None of my friends knew anything about it. So like I couldn't talk to anyone. Um, so luckily one of my good friends told me, get into it, said, if you invest in crypto, you should do this. I did it. And you know, my first project I made good money off of and you know, no turning back. Look where we're at now. That's, that's the thing. It's like, I don't have friends who are in it either, or at least like friends that are openly talking about it. So I stumbled upon NFTs before crypto, but I just thought like, yo, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> like I was like, man, these are literally pictures. And I was one of those haters that was like, oh, you can screenshot it. What idiots paying a hundred grand for like a picture. Even now, no offense. Like I love NFTs and like, I understand like the utility and the premise and like the blockchain is excellent. Like I definitely see like, real world utility whether it be like deeds movie tickets like music i i see all that i still think it's super early but you, like there's no way and a lot of my purchasing is like how can i justify paying like three grand four grand ten grand for a picture but then yeah. i'm like people put that into stocks and like yeah, it's it's just a fraction of like a company as well, and it's not something that's physically tangible either. Yet people think that's completely normal. Yeah, um, you know, one thing, demonic. One thing I love asking people that I meet in this space, and I've actually never asked you this: is oh God. what what did your significant other say the first time that you tried explaining NFTs to them? Right. What was their response? How did they react? Like, what was the biggest giveaway? Takeaway. So the, so the funny thing is, I think like, I, I don't remember if like the transition was like that smooth with, cause like I heard about NFTs and I think my, I don't know if I'm, I'm just, um, making this up, but I swear we both were talking shit about, um, specifically this YouTuber, Logan Paul, um, buying it into nfts or something and yeah. i was like what an idiot he put like he bought like a board ape or like a crypto punk for like 100k or something like that yeah and um yeah my girlfriend is like she's always like oh you know capitalist this capitalism this you know so she's like a huge hater on this and she just doesn't understand how people can throw away money like this when people are like star starving <laughs> in other yeah. countries so she's a, she's a huge hater so then when i you know, joint jumped on the bandwagon and started liking NFTs, even though I still can't justify, uh, like, you know, like I said, purchasing these things, my girlfriend is still a hater. The thing is she even like, we, she sat me down. Cause I used to say like, look at this twit, like, look, someone bought this for like a hundred gay. Oh, this one for like half a million. And she was yeah. like, listen, I want to hear your profits and yeah. only yours. 
because I don't care about this. She's like, that pisses me off. If you're making money, sure, like, you know, like we we benefited as a whole in the sense that like, you know, in my relationship, it's like what's yours is mine, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole yeah, yeah. The, the whole spiel and stuff. But um, like she's happy that I like have an interest in it. But she's like, I will never be on board with this. And what's funny is her mom is like super like supportive of it and finds okay. this cool because she's big into stocks. Cool. So we talk about it a lot. And what's funny is her mom's like, why don't you just get into it? Like just, you know, just follow what Dominic's doing. Like that's so easy, yeah. you know? And uh, <laughs> she's just like, no, like screw that. NFTs are stupid. And to be honest, there's a lot of times like recently with Moonbirds, man, when I saw Moonbirds kick off, I was like, what the hell? It's just a digital owl. Picture of an owl. (laughs) Yeah. You know? A hundred percent. And now they're selling for what? Close to a hundred grand? 80 grand? 90 grand? Yeah. And and the thing is, um, I still want to go back. I I swear I asked you about your partner. I I don't know. I think you shared the same thing. Or it was something like... I remember we were teased or not. We were talking about how our significant others tease us about like how much we speak or like in, in other servers when yeah. we were back in the day when we were grinding whitelists, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah, no. When I first got into it, huge fights ensued that I was just on my phone the entire time. And like, to be honest, it was so funny. The first time that I ever talked about it, my wife was like, my wife was like, okay are you cheating on me? Like you're always on your phone texting someone and like, what are you doing? I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm not doing that. This is what I'm doing. And I was explaining like NFTs and everything. And like, I, I like basically was like, listen, like I own this picture. And she was like, so who the hell cares? Like why, like, why is it a big deal? I was like, listen, like I paid, $1,800 for this picture and I own two of them and she's like okay how much is it worth now and I was like well now it's like close to $3,000 and she was like okay that's great like (laughs) that's great (laughs) do we have enough money to buy a house now I was like well I mean this is what it's going for she's like all right fine then go for it but as long as it's going to the house fund then you know she'll support me um, oh, you see, my, my girlfriend has a different perspective. You're talking about housing. For me, it's like she's like, oh, we're going to France soon. Are you paying for the vacation yeah. <laughs> with your yeah. NFT money? You know, she even says that. You know what she says? She's like, yeah, you're Alpha King's money, huh? Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's great. That's fantastic. Listen, I mean, like it's been a, a crazy couple of weeks first off in terms of projects that we've talked about and ones that we thought were going to do well, didn't do well, ones that we had no idea, never had heard of, and all of a sudden turn into the biggest uh, projects like Moonbirds that we were just we were just mentioning, you know, a, a project like this that comes out of the blue and now has overtaken Board Ape Yacht Club in terms of like the, the trade volume, um, something that's been around for one year versus a couple weeks. Um, it, it's crazy to me, dude. It's, it's amazing. The space is... You know, they, they say expect the unexpected and like that's 100 percent true. You can you can look at a project and be like, this one is a winner for sure. Um, going back to Little Heroes, that's what that's what we thought. This was a winner. And on paper, it looked perfect. Everything looked perfect. Roadmap, team, uh, price, 
uh, you know, engagement, everything looked perfect on paper. And what happens is, you know, it, it's, it didn't end up being that way. And then you look at other projects and you see them and it's like, I've never heard of this project <laughs> in the space all day, every single day, have my literally have my ear to the ground about everything. And like, where the hell did this come from? And why did I not know about it? Right. Yeah. And, it, yeah, and that's crazy. the thing. That's what, in talking about like you know i even mentioned this with hindsight knowing what has happened and it's like why didn't i do these uh, these things so like moonbirds for example where did it come from no one knew all of a sudden there's just this like raffle to enter and it, yeah and the raffle just says like 2.5 eth mint price and everyone's just like what who's is gonna it, mint for 2.5 yeah is this a rug <laughs> Listen, though, Demonic, it, it, it's fair, though. I mean, you know, a lot of these projects that have a higher mint price, first off, it creates the people are less people are, are not, you know, going to just take that loss. You're you're minting for 0.05. OK, listen, if I lose 0.05, not the biggest deal in the world. But if you're minting for 0.2, 0.3.41 ETH, you're you're not messing around with that. And like in terms of what people want to make with that, it's proportional, right? So like if I'm gonna mint for one ETH, I want to make at least a half of an ETH, an ETH off of that. Sometimes even more, hopefully. Um so in my mind that makes sense, but like you can never tell, dude. It's so difficult, but that's why I also love this. I love yeah. this for that exact reason. Can I just say this? This is one thing I love about the space as well, where like Chris, remember he reached out to us and he was like, yo, I could have made this much money because of like this project. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but like we, we all, you know, talk about our L's and our, you know, dubs and stuff like that. But with the L's, it's funny because even like a small W turns into a big L in the sense that like, oh, I made like a 0.6 profit and, and you know, nice right hey, and then you're yeah. like yeah but if i sold now it's like a three eth uh profit you know and that's what uh, the whole hindsight thing is and what's funny is i wanted to mention this to you earlier today when we spoke but i'm happy i saved it for the podcast there was one guy who tweeted saying like they made um 30 eth profit uh selling two moonbirds and, and, and his tweet was like man and now they're worth like 30 ETH now and I was like oh my god because like imagine being like so successful getting into that project and being able to flip like that and then what's funny is this guy was complaining that like you know that profit but like to be honest I would also be complaining I would be like oh my god I had like the 30 ETH floor you know? yo Demonic, I'll, I'll do you one even funnier is I was on Twitter today. I can't remember who, who posted this, but it was a, it was a pretty big name. Um, well, it wasn't like Baron Von. I, I can't remember his last name. It was someone of that, of that stature. And he posted a collage of 30 different board API clubs and mutant board API clubs mm. that he had owned. Okay. And he posted the emails that say that you get from OpenSea when you sell them, like, congratulations, your item sold for how much? Dude, every single one was sub two ETH. Every single one that he sold was sub two ETH. And this Wait, was like, like, he, like you, he, he posted, yeah, he, he sold them like months and months and months and months ago, right? 
and listen, he still made money, but he was just saying like, Hey, like I'm a whale. And even I make mistakes. Right. Oh, and okay, he fair, fair. 30 board ape yacht clubs he owned and he still made money. But like, imagine if he didn't sell those. <laughs> yeah. Come on. He's like, I made 10 ETH from this, but like I could have sold one and made 90 ETH and had yeah. 29 left. Like, but yeah, this is it, the thing. I don't know if I mentioned this in like a regular call that we had or the podcast. Uh, one of my buddies who like is starting to get an NFTs, we spoke about this where like, at what point do you sell? Because it's like, you know, you never know what's going to happen, right? So we even said, imagine being early in Bored Apes, right? You're early. Yeah. And then let's say the floor gets to 10. Are you not yeah. selling? Like, I feel like some people would sell instantly, right? And then all of a sudden it goes to like 150. What yeah. what are you doing? You know? <laughs> no, it, it's, it's a great question. I, I think for me, it's like any investment. You look at it and you say, okay, before you buy, realistically, what is your exit point? All right. It's easier for stocks for me because it's a little bit more predictable in terms of a chart and, and how you can read in what you think it's going to go to. Um, NFTs, it's not as easy. But for stocks, for me, I look at it when I buy something. I say, okay, I'm buying something for $100 a share. Okay. I am planning on selling it when it gets to 150 a share. That's I made 50%. I am happy with that. Okay, that's when I'm going to sell. And when it gets to that, I'm pooling it every single time for stocks. NFTs, I tell myself that. I never do it. I rarely do it. Yo, honestly, I, NFTs, NFTs is like a bigger degen like setting than anything. Like I swear they should start doing like poker games with like NFTs or something. You know what I mean? Because like... Crazy. I've never I, I've I've been to my fair share of casinos. I love playing Texas Hold'em. Like if you guys can't tell, but like I've met like sketchy people, just like rich, like crazy guys that would like sell their like literally like the clothes off their back just to like get into like another hand. But NFTs, it's so funny. Like like you said, you can have a starting price, and you're just like, nope, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold. Or you flip instantly. It's just so funny. Like there's just no thinking behind all this. We even Not, remember with Little Heroes, we used to get four ETH offers and we were like, eh, we're waiting. We're waiting for 40 or something. One of my really good friends who, who I worked with, um, he worked. This is just something really, really interesting to, to just bring up. Um, that he works for a company called um, called Yachtpo. They're they're a big HR firm, um, and he was named Employee of the Year. Okay, and mm-hmm. he for for being Employee of the Year, um, he was gifted a NFT. Okay, and okay. Dude, and like it was pretty, and seeing that was is pretty cool. Like, especially the the NFT that he was gifted. Like, listen, it's it's nothing too crazy, and it was basically the company started their own NFT project. Um, it's called Fabulous Flamingo Club that they did, and it's just for their employees. And like, I'm looking at it, and you know, there's no activity on it, but like. Being gifted an NFT uh, from your employee and like we're talking about a 
million, multi-million dollar company here. They're giving that to you, obviously with a bonus, of course. But that's still pretty cool. Like that's that is a cool thing to get gifted, right? Yeah, and 100%. is that where we're going? Like, I will happily ask my company for like a board ape or a mutant ape or like screw it, like even like a, a wonder pal or something a little bit smaller. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah you, you, right. But the thing is, it's like one of those things. Like, uh, I don't know how to. Like, I'll explain this with like an example. Because imagine like these flamingo things, like you said, end yeah. up like picking up and mooning to like a hundred ETH. Let's just say, like hypothetically, yeah. right? Yeah. Does the company just like accept that, or do they like recall them and like request them back or something? Right? Well, it's. I mean, you own it. Well, right? that's the like thing. That- so like. So in so I'm originally from Toronto, but we have these things in Tim Hortons called like roll up the rim. And okay. there's always – so what it is is like there's like a little – like literally the coffee cup has a rim that you would like roll up. And during like a specific time period, it's called like the roll up the rim season, you can win prizes, right? Okay. So it's like a donut, yeah. a free coffee, or like even a car, you know? So there's Jimmy, definitely – You're winning uh, from yeah, Timmy. Yeah, but obviously people buy each other coffee, right? So it's always that question like – or like a lottery ticket example. It's like someone buys you that coffee and you end up taking the coffee cup that's the winner. And then the argument is like, well, I bought the coffee. It's like, yeah, but you bought it for me and I own the coffee. So it would be funny if like, you know, one day these companies are just like, well, shit. (laughs) We need need those capitalized on this a little bit better (laughs) yeah because honestly sometimes i think about that like these artists are selling their like are minting their nfts and sure they make like a huge profit when they sell out but then they only get a small royalty and i understand it's every time they sell but imagine like they got like a large like i don't know it's like like the board ape yacht club like yes i understand like they get the royalty as well but imagine like they minted at like 150 ETH or something like that, you know, yeah. and then got royalties from it. It's just like, I'm always trying to see how you could capitalize on maybe like getting more money. But well, when, whenever I talk to, whenever I talk to projects, like, you know, give paid advice or free advice, whatever, you know, I, I like to tell them that like, yes, it's great that you can sell out. Don't get me wrong. That's where you're going to make a lot of money. But generating the secondary sales is really what's going to sustain it, right? It's going to bring you even, even if it's a 6%, 5%, but you do 100 ETH, right? You get 5 ETH from that. That's pretty good. That is pretty, pretty good money on top of it. You do 200 ETH, you do 1,000 ETH, all of a sudden you're getting 50 ETH in royalties, you're getting 25. That's a lot more money coming in and that gives you even more money to build your community, build out the utilities. Um, You can even talk about staking, you can even talk about like like, uh, tokenizing things, right? So like there's all these different ways, even merchandise, Right, a lot of these projects, good and bad, are coming out with merch, and they're making even more money from the merch. And it's just like, you know, where does it stop? Where do you stop capitalizing on your new company that you're creating with these NFT projects? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, to be honest with you. If people will buy it, why not sell it? Yeah, no, I, I listen. I totally agree with you, but the, you know, it's also like this is maybe my greedy side talking. Yeah, I was watching like a podcast with like Snoop Dogg and he was saying he was going to do some things with his board ape. 
And yeah. I was like, I totally get like that they have like the rights to the intellectual property and stuff for their individual board ape. But I was yeah. like, I was like, at some certain point, it's like board ape. If everyone who like, like, will there ever be a time where all the owners just refuse to sell and then there's no more further like gains for like the developer? You know what well, I mean? Look at CryptoPunks. If you go on CryptoPunks on OpenSea, there is no floor right now because none yeah. are listed. Okay. Yeah. So, like, that's one example. But piggybacking off of kind of what we've just been talking about, there's two things. One, there is a coffee shop in New York um, that all the doodles, that I believe all the doodles own. Sorry, no. Board Ape Yacht Club owners own part of this coffee uh, coffee shop that they just started themselves. Um, there's a coffee brand that doodle holders that have the, the coffee head started. Um, now there's a uh, restaurant that just opened up in Long Beach called Bored and Hungry. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it's been making its rounds. Yeah. It was started by these two guys that own Bored Ape Yacht Clubs and Mutant Ape Yacht Clubs and kind of just uh, um, took their took their uh, took their NFTs and uh, created a hamburger and fry shop and yeah, have the logos. Um, and you can use. Crypto, you can use ApeCoin, you can use Ethereum, you can use Bitcoin, of course, cash and credit card to buy from this restaurant. And that is just so cool to me that these people are really taking it to the next level and just, you know, really running with this thing. Um, it's only the beginning too, right? Like it's I, only see, the beginning. I, I get it, but where does the developer make their money? That's the thing. Is it they still don't make all money on They don't make any money no, that's what I'm saying. They don't. And imagine at some certain point, all the owners are like, nah, this is ours. We're not selling. There's no more secondary sales. It's yeah. almost like, where, where do they get money from? Merch, events? Like, that's the thing. They got to, like, expand. Right? Yeah. I mean, but it's, then it's they, a but then they, Yeah, they got, like like I said, sorry, I'm interrupting, but they got, right. um, I guess they get, like, the whole community, right? At that point, it becomes like a family and... You know, there's loyalty there. And I guess that's maybe where they get it. They get some money back when. I, I think where they get it is they spin out and create a, a subsidiary project from it. That's that's what you see some of the most successful ones doing is they're yeah. creating a new project, a continuation of their brand, whether it be uh, parallel or, or um, not connected at all. Um, that, that's just the best way to do it in, in my opinion. But of course, you know, uh, uh, I don't, I don't have that knowledge cause I haven't done a, a project myself yet, you know, knock on wood soon to come, but you know, we'll yes. see what works and what doesn't, you know, a little bit of a exactly. teaser there for everyone. <laughs> exactly. Bro, I'm uh, mindful of the time. I don't know if we should uh, just call it for episode three. What do you think? Yeah, I think this was a good round of shoot the shit and what the FUD episode three uh, hosted by yours truly, Frishy Fresh and Demonic NFTs. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think that, that our chats are just getting better and better. And I think the content that we're providing is really spanning the, the crypto um, degen world as a whole. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I think that you know, we have a lot more to come and, uh, and we'll see you all on episode four. Yeah, hundred percent. And check out the description. I'm gonna link uh, Frishy and my Twitter as well as Alpha King's Twitter. Uh, so give us a follow. Uh, 
tweet us uh, tweet uh, tweet at us what you want to hear uh in future uh podcast episodes awesome awesome great all right ahead. thanks everyone so much for listening and have a great rest of the day see you all on episode four of what the fud next time yeah. later